up? This is Pops, and you're deep. Li- you're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 230, Deep Purple, Total Abandon, Australia 99, Part 1. Oh, that's a lot of numbers. And coming to you from the fall ball suburbs of Chicago, I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. And coming to you from the suburbs of Providence, I'm your co-host, John Hard light Matola. <laughs> you do have a hard light about Ooh. you. Harsh. Oof. Oof. Let's see. I got that. Wait a minute. There we go. He's, I just, I don't. You're, I, you're either emerging from a cave or you're lit up like, <laughs> like, like you're a runway at the airport. <laughs> yeah, no, this, I don't like the shadow here. I'll, I'll figure something out. You got to get those Phillips. I got these Phillips hue bulbs in my, in my studio here. This what you're experiencing right now is Arctic Aurora. Mm, oh, and okay. you know what? I don't have my ring light on. There we go. Oh, it's, that's harsh at first until it adjusts. Yeah, that washes you out. Yep. And there goes the dog waiting for the second we hit record. She's been silent for 30 minutes. And there she goes. So you know what that means. I got to find the clip. <laughs> I got to find the clip. It's time for... That's right after the paper chase. The paper chase must have just ended. Mm. Um, all right. So, um, yeah, we're we're here to talk to you about. Uh, we just got back from fall ball practice, baseball practice, which is like a is like a low. Um, I want to say low energy. That's not the right word, but a low stakes um, version. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's playing the music I was playing before. It must have just added it to the playlist. <laughs> It's like all no, now all of a sudden we have a soundtrack. I have to clear out this playlist. Delete. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of basically like baseball, but they're like, yeah, we don't keep tra- track of wins and losses and whatever. They let everybody pitch, everybody do whatever. So it's kind of like chaos. I kind of like it. Um, <laughs> it's funny because they did terrible last year in fall ball, and then they did the regular season and made it to the finals again. <laughs> so I don't hmm. know. They just hmm. during the fall they're just like goofing off and just having fun and. You know, they, they put on their game faces, I guess, later. So um, so anyway, welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast. We've got a live stream for you right now. So on the live stream, we've got a number of our patrons. So thank you to everyone who has tuned in and is in the chat, uh, supplying us with, with their quick wit and knowledge about Deep Purple, uh, more of the former than the latter. Uh, but we do appreciate everyone who signed in and is joining us tonight. And um, speaking of patrons, that brings us to how you can support our show. Uh, the Deep Purple Podcast is 100% listener-supported and ad-free, so if you receive some value from our show, please consider giving us some value back. You can do so a number of ways. One is by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That helps new people discover the show, or so I've been told. And um, we have announced for a while now that when we hit our um, 100th five-star review, we will 
send a care package to that reviewer. Um, but so far, no review this week. They were coming in hot and heavy all of a sudden, so I thought this big promo Ooh. for the was, was really helping. But so far, um, it kind of fizzled out a little bit. So if you and we know that way more than 100 people listen to the show, it's at least 102 or 103 people. So if uh. you have not written a review, please... Um, Go to uh, Apple Podcasts and write a review. Even if you don't listen on Apple, just you know, make an iTunes account. Go go write us a five star review, and you will be entered to win uh, the possibility of getting something. We're getting close to the hundredth review. I don't want to reveal how many we have, but if you get that number in, we will send you something special. Um, you can buy some merch at our Etsy stores. We're gonna have winter hats coming soon. More on that later. And you can become a patron on Patreon or on PayPal for as little as one dollar a month. All the proceeds go directly back into the show. Uh, you can also to support us on Cash App DPPOD or support us on Kofi. Um, all right. So um, the only other thing, and I think if I'm not mistaken, what's the date of the show? The 11th? Okay, so there'll be one more show where we announce this, but we will be seeing Glenn Hughes perform Classic Deep Purple along with Ingve Malmsteen. Uh, well, they won't be performing it together, I don't think, um, at the Palladium in Worcester, Massachusetts. And uh, we're trying week. to have a – it would be great to, to see uh, how many more notes Ingve could cram in than Richie did. It might. What would be the best song to hear Ingve play? Hmm. I like to – you know what? I would love to hear him play Mistreated just to see if he could play that slow. Uh, <laughs> or just move it up to 180 <laughs> beats per minute. <laughs> Yeah, that would be horrible. Or maybe you could just bring, he's going to be like, all right, I'm going to bring on my good friend Ingve Malmsteen for uh, this time around. And he just stands there on stage and doesn't play anything. And then he, he just leaves. Watches. He just watches. He just watches guitar. and leaves. I mean, I think I heard him say in some interviews that they hadn't planned anything, but one or the other might jump up on stage. Like, so who knows? Oh, yeah. yeah that that would be the other alternative, right, is hearing Glenn Hughes sing, uh, you know. It's sweet surrender. Hey. I would pay to see that. Like, you know, oh, I am paying to jump, see that. jumping up there, like crowded, crowded over to the left with all the rest of the band while Ingve <laughs> gets the other, like, you know, 90 percent of the stage to himself. He has to like the bass player is gonna have to get down onto the like onto the floor off of the stage so that Glenn Hughes can get on. <laughs> well, from what I hear is is like he has the same uh Yngwie's got the same um I I want to think that he's got the same stage setup because you know our um um our friend Robert that we met in um Fort Lauderdale. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. So he, you know, he, you must see his pictures. Like he posts pictures like all the time. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. He takes great pictures. Yeah. And the last, uh, the, the one that I, re of course I remember when he, he went to the, to that show and he said that the, oops, the, um, sorry, <laughs> yeah, cut so, out there for a minute. Did you think you were he burping? That, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had my foot on the switch. He said that, um, in his post, he said that Ingve, uh, the Ingve part of the show was really difficult to photograph because, the whole time, it was just all like red stage lighting. Really? Yeah. It looked which, like which I 
which I remember like, I don't know, five-ish years ago, I went to see him in LA. It was the same thing. He was like in a small club and it was just like, just red. Huh. That seems like that would get very fatiguing to look at. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like I could see doing it for like a part of a song or something, but for like the whole show, that seems a little much. Yeah, well, I mean, him take him standing on like most of the stage when he's got like 17 other people in his band and he's got him shoved over into a corner seems like a little much too. But. <laughs> That'd be great if they have no light on them. It's just the red light on him. Everyone else is in the dark. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, uh, yeah, it was pretty bare bones. But anyways, yeah, so we're going to that. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Um, so, yeah, so speaking of patrons... Hey, we have a new patron joining us at the $1 silly made up name tier reached out, but haven't gotten a silly made up name yet. So we're going to use their non silly regular name, which is Anders Engstrom. Thank you very much for joining us at the $1 silly made up name tier. We do appreciate it. And then not to be outdone. Hey, we have another new patron. This one is named, um, let me see if I can get the, the name right. I got to go to my email here and I'm sorry. I'm, my normal setup is a little off because I've, um, uh, here we go. I've, uh, I forgot to get my other computer set up here. So this one is, uh, Ashley still, I hear burn Rose. Um, hmm. she writes in and says, Hey, Nate and John, let's roll with this, uh, with Ashley still, I hear burn Rose. I stumbled across this podcast, looking for podcast interviews on Ronnie James Dio a few months ago. And ever since have been making my way through all past and current episodes and then a little purple heart. So thank you, Ashley. Nice. Appreciate that. Um, that's that's funny. That's the uh, that's the second recent patron that's come looking for podcasts about uh, Ronnie James Dio. So we should just do more Dio episodes and start raking in the uh, the patrons and the and the listeners. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that or Tommy Bolin seems to mm. rake in the uh, listeners too. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Although we've exhausted pretty much his entire recorded catalog, we'll have to go to some mm. live shows or something. Um, well, maybe there's maybe there's a way we can AI Tommy Bolin and Dio <laughs> together in a song, and Ooh. this way we can. That would have been a great collaboration. Like, imagine uh, Bolin playing for Dio. It could have happened. Oh. Mm. Dare to dream. Could have been. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, like I said, AI. <laughs> I somehow hey. Hey. <laughs> I. <laughs> hey. I. <laughs> so speaking of patrons, it's another way you can support the show. Um uh, or it's just making a new AI Dio or Bolin albums for us to review. Uh but coming in at the executive level, here we have at the $25 Uncommon Man tier, Ovis Nakfi and Purple Maniac. At the 15 Squid tier, we have Alan. Okay. All right. Okay, there what we go. What are you doing? <laughs> I had it I had it on loop for the music I was playing in the pre-live stream, and apparently I did not take that off. So, Alan, you just got a few months worth of <laughs> of shout-outs. I'm not going to play it for the rest of the month. Um, Nate's malfunctioning over here. <laughs> I am. Um, at the um, $10 Good Doctor tier, we have Dr. Jill Brees and on the stream, Dr. Mike Catan. 
At the Turn It Up to $11 tier, we have Clay Wambacher, Frank Tealgard, Mortensen, Mickelstein, and Will Porter, PhDPP. At the $10 Someone Came tier, we have Ryan M., Jeff Bryce, Victor Campos, and Better Call Saul Evans. And at the Hughes-Oween by 2033 tier, we have Fielding Fowler. Still gonna get you those Dracula. Yeah, clicks. yeah. You, you you keep talking a big game about getting me the blues, but you don't send them. <laughs> All right. Well, remind me after you have, this is over. I'll record a few. You have until twenty thirty three. So. <laughs> oh, I got. Yeah, give me enough time. I will procrastinate. You could just do them now. Blue. <laughs> do yeah. Do a couple more. We'll just have a few backups. <laughs> give me a backup. <laughs> <laughs> that one wasn't good. <laughs> the backup is no good. I need another one. <laughs> there you go. See, you're already done. <laughs> all you got to do is remember to send me the file and we'll be all set to go. Um, and then I beg to differ. <laughs> Um, then at the in memoriam tier, of course, Gerald, Jerry Kelly and his wonderful family. Thank you so much for your support. You're always in our memory. Okay. That leaves us, um, just one more little thing to tend to. And that is of course, if I can find it, postcards from the edge of Connecticut. And, um, this time, well, once again, it hasn't been from Connecticut in a while, I don't even, I'll have to Google this, uh, but it's something Scandinavian. So it's from um, Savonlina. Uh, Savonlina, Olavlina, Olofsborg. I don't see like a country here. So I'm sure we have so many Scandinavian listeners, they probably already know what it is. Let's see where it is. Mm. Uh, Savonlina, although Gardo's in the chat, he probably has already said it. It's a town in Finland. There we go. Oh, yeah, see, he already said Finland. Um, <laughs> so this is, uh, this is the, the, it's a picture of this like little fort here. And when you Google this Savonlina, this is what comes right up. Kind of reminds me of Avignon in France. Um, it says, Nate, now here's a Scandinavian greeting for you. Peter, see you there. Um, so I guess he's going to meet me there. <laughs> Are you meeting me in Savonlina, Peter? Um, it looks great. And as I've said, I always wanted to go to Scandinavia. And I'll have to put this. Let's. You know what? Let's see how. Well, Finland is quite a distance from Norway, probably. So let's see here. Seven. I'm trying to see how, how close it is to hell, Norway. It's... Um, yeah, it would, be, it would be a bit of a trip. <laughs> I was going to say, we'll just stop by on our way. <laughs> nope. No, nah, we'll go completely out of our way. So, yeah, there there we go. Another another great postcard for the uh, bin. We'll have to put it in the bin. This was a regular postcard size, too, with a... Um, so let's put that in there. There we go, right in the postcard box. Um, and it's interesting, on the latest episode of the um, 70s Weekly Countdown, they did... Um, I don't know if Peter can say in the chat, but it did. It was like some radio guy, I guess, from their area, because they're supposed to keep secret where they're from, even though if you listen to this show, you know, um, uh, talking about <laughs> about postcard stamps and how you're supposed to use postcard stamps and save the money. And it sounded like it sounded like what a Pete's lectures to me when I used the uh, regular stamps on a postcard. And it was like. <laughs> 
it, he went on so long on this rant about like how to properly send a postcard. It was like that must be what people in uh, in Connecticut <laughs> used to as a sleep meditation. <laughs> He's like, oh, you got to use the, uh, at that point, I guess it was like a 15 cent stamp and you can't use these kinds of stamps. It's riveting stuff. Yeah, but can't you use any kind of stamp? You can. Yeah, you could put a, you know, if they made a hundred dollar stamp, you could put a, I love like when I think, I don't know if Peter, someone did it, sent us something and like just put like so many stamps on it just to like, you know, you get those ones like, ah, this should hopefully cover it. Or you get something from your grandmother before they had forever yeah. stamps and they'd be like a one cent stamp and another one and another one and another one and mm. another one. And they're just like not even enough room on the envelope to uh, write your name on it. I remember um, the one cent stamps. Yeah. One cent stamps. Probably not even probably worth uh, the paper that it's printed on is probably worth more. Um, all right, so here we are at you folks. Um, today we are, uh, as is our want, we um, we take a look at every different era in between albums and look at one particular standout live show from that era and cover it, talk about it, and we usually do so as a live stream. So thank you to all of our patrons for joining us. And this year we're doing... Um, which is a great DVD, of course. I left mine upstairs, so I can't show you. Um, I, I never have it handy. I've got this huge CD rack behind me, but it's not in there. Um, but yeah, this one is a uh, is a show from the Australian tour in, in 1999. Um, it was the fourth of nine dates in Australia in 1999. Um after the uh, tour for Perpendicular, there was a little bit of a break. Gillen and Lord worked on some solo albums before they returned to the studio to record Abandon, which we covered, I don't know, 10 episodes ago or so. Um, and in November of 1998, there were some talks. They began negotiations as far as uh, setting up a tour, an official tour of, of Australia, because they had not been to Australia since 1985 in December. Um, and that was when uh, George Harrison came on stage and all that. So, um, you mean Arnold Grove? Yes, Arnold Grove popped in on on stage. <laughs> um, I think that there's actually a a, a cool video. Um, if you go online, there's a, there's a there's a good interview with the band and stuff talking about this. And they actually did commercial, like TV commercials for Deep Purple is coming to Australia. Oh, that's not a good Australian accent. Deep Purple, mate, they're coming to Australia. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> My first one was better. <laughs> the first one, though, you're just like, Deep Purple's coming to Australia. It's like, hello, right, mate. Just a reg it's time a regular to throw guy. a shrimp on the Barbie, as they say. <laughs> All right, um, now you sound like Apu trying to sound American in The Simpsons. <laughs> there you go. The Nine Mets are my favorite squadron. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Um, so they, they go to Australia, um, and this is one of the shows they do. This was in Melbourne. I know enough about Australian to pronounce Melbourne properly. Um, there you go. Melbourne. Um, Gillen went directly to Australia right after, uh, right after finishing the Argentina leg of the tour and did like a little tour of us, of Australia, which seemed to have a big impact on him. He talks about it a lot in the interviews. Um, so this is performed at Mel Melbourne Park. Melbourne Park in Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll stop. It's terrible. Um, Thank you. 
And that's uh, what we're going to listen to tonight. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's an interesting, uh, interesting concert. We'll get through the first half of it tonight, which is about an hour. And then we'll do the second hour uh, next week. So I don't know anything to say about this one, John. Have you ever heard of it or seen it or anything? Mm, not sure. I'm going to I'm going to guess no, because I was um, sadly uh, not really active uh in this, uh, you know, deep purple, um, listening phase Oh, I don't know how to talk. <laughs> when did you wake up this morning? I was, I was at four. Ah, oh, that'll do it. Um, and no nap. Um, Oof. yeah, I wasn't very actively listening to current deep purple around this yeah. time. So the, yeah, there was a lot that I missed and I haven't really revisited any of it. Most of it, honestly, I've been waiting for in the past few years to do for uh-huh. the show. So yeah, this, um, especially the live stuff, I'm not probably not familiar with it. Yeah, I would say like the 98 through, you know, the mid 2000s is probably my, like a dark time for me as far as Deep Purple. Mostly in that beginning part was because I wasn't listening to basically anything except a few cassettes mm-hmm. I had in my car because I was working 100 hours a week in restaurants. So, mm. um, so yeah, I didn't have much time to, uh, I had, Plenty of disposable income, but nothing to really spend it on. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, should we should we kick it right off with the uh, the video? Yeah, let's hit it. Let's hit it. All right, so here we go. Total abandoned live in Australia. Oh, you know what? I should share my screen with you. That would be very helpful. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to see it. <laughs> I'd like to see and hear it. <laughs> That'd be the worst part. You wouldn't hear it either. And hear it. <laughs> Yes, thank you. Be hard. Oh, John, you should see this right now. It's amazing. Okay, here we go. Melbourne, Australia. You can hear some uh, Steve Morse volume swells already. So I have seen bits and pieces of this. See, I said it right, Melbourne Park. One thing I noticed in the brief bits I've seen for this is um, Steve's very playing very fast. Yeah. Which is awesome. He had a really cool shot of Ian Pace like snapping his fingers with John Lord <laughs> looked like they were having a little sing along so I think this was constructed this Melbourne Park was constructed for the Olympics maybe not but it was a, it's a sports place <laughs> a sports place <laughs> Grand Slam tennis tournaments played there. Has a capacity of 15,000. So that's one outfit that you'll recognize. Admiral Gillen walking down the ha- hallway here. <laughs> oh. 
I kind of like the behind-the-scenes shots, like before. They do this before a lot of stand-up shows now too. They show the stand-up comedian like walking behind the scenes through the thing. Yeah. Uh, what is Pacey wearing there? Pacey's wearing like an all-American outfit. He's got <laughs> he's got bright blue pants, uh, like a, a red striped shirt, and like a weird. I don't know what you call it—a do rag. <laughs> you got John Lord. He looks like he's ready to conduct the next concerto, all in black with a blazer. Yep. And sneakers. Go down, go. <laughs> John Lord's going in the other direction as everybody else. He's like, bye. Don't get lost. Yeah, Pacey, look at him. This white, white and red stripes, and he's wearing the, the blue. He, he looks like he's ready. It looks like he looks like he's ready to go to the gym or they're something. They're all shaking hands, like they're yeah, yeah, like do some powerlifting. They're shaping. Pace and John Lord just shook hands like they were meeting for the first time. Nice. It seems like it's a tough thing to play live. Like the way it sounds on the record. But I think when we did our Gillen episode, he was wearing the same Admiral outfit, but he was wearing it. He had like long hair. So this is like the short-haired Admiral. And he tells a story on, on the documentary for this where he talks about meeting this guy, Ted, in a bar. And he was telling him his like life story, basically. And he was writing it, scribbling it down on a napkin as fast as he could because it was good stuff. <laughs> That's a tough one to do. Your favorite. Religion. Yeah, I agree with the uh, Gardo. The uh, pick the video quality is not great. Really? Uh-oh. Very choppy. <laughs> They're asking if it's recorded in stop motion. Let me see if I can prioritize this on my network so that it... Like, sound is good. Sound's coming through all right. find this device on my network right now so I can there it is good stuff and he told me of those injustices that he had suffered in his life his wife and kids and boss and dolls neighbors raising game and causing strife 
They were forever whining, bleating, howling, yapping, screeching, moaning, crying. What's the when's the time when John Lord moved over, over to the riser to the to Pacey's left? Or was that like a Richie Le- Richie leaving sort of thing? Why? Where is he now? Well, he's right. He's right there. Um, you know, but like oh, prior to that, he'd always be the to Pacey's right. Oh, that's true. Oh, maybe Don Airy is still the stage now that Richie is gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you're right. Don is over to his left too. Is the video any better now? Um. A little bit. Okay. Actually, yeah. It looks really better on this computer over here that's recording it, but it's probably tra- doesn't have to travel very long across the network. That's a killer opener. Yeah. A great opening album track, too, so. Yep. Gardo is requesting Speed King. Not yet, Pete. I do have the track listing here. I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil it for anybody though. I don't wanna spoil it for anybody, but if if they do play Speed King, it might not be till the next episode. Shortly after this, I think 2000, 2001, they were playing Mary Long Live, which is just like. Uh, Nate's dream. I know, my dream to see them play Mary Long. I hope Simon's a big Mary Long fan and he'll talk them into playing it before they come back to the States. I'm not going <laughs> to hold up too much hope, but. It's really nice how Morse plays along with Gillen. Look at those volume swells. Yeah, really nice accent to his vocals.
Yes. <clears throat> Steve's playing his traditional blue Ernie Ball music man. I have the counterpart, same color blue, Music Man bass right to my right here, but I've never played a, a Music Man guitar for some reason, even though I've played the basses for over 20 years. It's weird the background that they have up doesn't really match necessarily the album cover. I mean, it's got sort of like those buildings on it, but. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of abstract. is on the stage. Do you think that's for them? For where they're supposed to stand? Maybe because they knew they were filming it? Like a mark, maybe. A mark? Yeah. For mark whatever this is. Mark Roback? <laughs> no. <laughs> mark. Uh, it's like Mark 2, Mark 3, Mark 4. Mark 6. Is it? Yeah, right. Scott says he feels some black night coming. Let's see if he's right. Ah, oh, Pacey, so smooth. out of it and he has ditched to the admiral uniform that's as far as it made it nice <laughs> Thanks. Great to see you again. It's been a while. Thank you very much. Nice to see you. We've got some stuff, most of which you will know, some of which we will know. And uh, <laughs> here's something that was on Deep Purple in Rock, also more recently recorded. It's a song dedicated to management. It's called Blood <laughs> Purple. <laughs> 
This is so good. Yeah, they gave this song a lot of love over the years. Yeah, which is surprising because you think of it as kind of a deep cut. I mean, as deep a cut as you can get from their second biggest album of all time. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't really ever... Did they play it live with Richie ever? They must have, right? I don't remember this being part of, like, any I, of the... Not, not much that I've seen, I'm, and I'm by no means a, a, a connoisseur of their, like, live bootlegs or anything, but... Right. Pete was right. This was they did play this at the Mohegan Sun show that we saw. Yep. I remember at the time, anyways, being blown away. I was like, "Holy shit!" Now I'm like, "Oh, it's not that surprising." Yeah, and Pete also says that John Lord is the same age as him and the Roback are now in this show. Yes, I was like, "Wow." <laughs> But the thing about John is he always embraced the, you know, I don't, I don't know for sure, but he never seemed to dye his hair or do anything like that. He's just like, I'm going gray, putting it in the ponytail. I don't care. Everyone else tried to cling on to it using a ver- variety of methods. So best I can tell, they never played it live yeah. until 1996. Oh, wow, he's singing and conga-ing at the same time. I don't see that very often. <laughs> he's having a blast. I love how Lord is uh, really playing in the style of uh, how he played in the early days of Mark too. Yeah, he's just going going for broke. But also his um, like his sound. Classic Hammond. None of that angry robot shit from House of Blue Light. 
crowd's loving it. Roger and Steve like fiddled with each other's knobs at the end there. Do you see that? Thank you very much. Thank you. I think, yeah! In fact, I think that might have been the French version. That's, yeah, I think it was. <laughs> Machine Head. This was recorded in Sweden. And, <laughs> and it tells the story of the uh, situation we were in and describes the emptiness, the eagles. And the small furry creatures to be found in Roger's pocket. It's called Pictures of Home. <laughs> I see Roger, he's like, huh? <laughs> I can't believe they never played Bloodsucker until 1996 live. Hmm. Oh, maybe they revisited it and they decided like, yeah, let's do it. That's funny, they dropped it for a while. Well, you know, one of those things they, you know, you rediscover an old song and maybe becomes a crowd favorite. Yeah, they played it in 2000. Then they only played it a few times in 2009, and then they brought it back in 2015 and have played it ever since. back onto the congas. Scott's putting out some dates that they played it live in the 70s. I should state that I'm just going off of what Setlist FM is saying, so. Mm. You know, it could be, um, stuff left out of that he said his are from oh oh you know what it's there but they're so tiny because they only played it they played it once in 1971 once in I love this song, but it's it is kind of funny to me that it's they play this. I mean, you, they always play this song. Why you don't think it's good enough? No, I I do. But even on this concert, they're playing half of Machine Head, which is not surprising since it's their biggest album, but. 
termina eso. As the Roback pointed out earlier, Morris uh, sounded really great in this show. Yes. He's killing it. He's at the peak of his powers. And we've got an extended jam coming up for here for pictures of home. This song has been covered live by 26 different artists, most of which are related to Deep Purple. Oh, Ingve's done it 12 times. Maybe he'll do it um, when we go see him. Wow, I didn't realize it was that well covered. I mean, yeah, but the top people are John Lord, Don Airy, Ian Gillen, <laughs> Jolyn Turner. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. it's like... Um, then you got a few no other surprises here. Deeper purple. So like you've got cover bands, which obviously are going to play it. Um, Bruce Dickinson. Bruce Dickinson. Yep. Pictures of home, motherfuckers. <laughs> Eagles and motherfucking snow. <laughs> I wanted to beat Scott to it. <laughs> Gardo's asking if there's any story behind that, like, choker that Steve always wears. It's a good question. He's got, like, those, like... You know, he has a bracelet of sim of similar nature. It's not it's not like puka shells, but it's like in the same family as puka shells. It looks like kind of like Native American. I, yeah, I was just gonna say that it has that kind of look to it. Like it's definitely a look for him. 
Yeah, I mean, he's done it forever. Well, do we know his um, his nationality? Uh, we do not. Let's see. Well, he was born in Ohio. And it doesn't say <clears throat> anything about his... Um... Thank you. You're sending down some, uh, some good uh, sensations. Thank you. It helps a lot. Means a That's a good call. It does look like something Mark Farner would wear. Hmm. True. That familiar thing that happens when you... Dylan's stage raps are pretty quiet. Yeah, there are. I'm going to turn it up. Around about midday, when you have your first one, you feel almost human. And that's what it's called, almost human. He's talking about, like, stepping on a sticky patch in the pub. So this will be this first song off of Abandon that they're that they're covering, playing. They're not covering it. Putting a little extra English on it on this intro. Now he he changed into like a t-shirt that makes him look like Tony Soprano. Even when I'm crazy, I'm on fire and naked. Just as nature intended, with no smile and easily burned. You always know it. It's definitely a little, um... Well, I'm hanging somewhere. It's got a little more of a, like, a country feel to it in this live setting. Oh, Roger and Steve are singing backups. Well, you couldn't really hear it much at all. Apparently on Steve Steve's uh, website, um, he's got a uh, jewelry collection for yeah. sale. Yeah, and he sells he sells art. He does like a lot of different art. So, but there's another um, there's another one that sells a um, Steve Morse jewelry collection, string turquoise necklace, and description is uh, consisting of three native inspired ornaments. So we're definitely right in that that vein of like Native American. Maybe it's type of art that he enjoys and wants to support or yeah and you just like that like southwest yeah i'm style. sure that if we yeah i'm sure that if we uh looked a little more into it like we could probably find out why <laughs> gillen doing the air guitar in the background 
<laughs> well, that and, uh, you know, Coverdale's big turquoise wrists thing that he wore during yeah. California Jam. That's a future episode. Jew- jewelry of uh, Deep deep Purple. Rich is going to no, love this not. one. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm going on record now so Rich knows that I'm on his side. <laughs> We're doing it for you, Rich. The jewelry of Deep Purple. The jewelry of Deep Purple. (laughs) We'd have to have an episode just on Tommy Boland's, like, all the different feathers he was wearing, you know? (laughs) He looks like like a Goomba with that shirt on. Like, he looks like he... You know, he just looks like a made Ooh. man. Gillen. Oh. It looks like something Tony Soprano would wear. Oh. Gillen. <laughs> like, like he's, he's hanging outside of Satriali's. Oh. <laughs> What's his name is there with like the little, <laughs> the little mirror thing up to him? <laughs> a little mirror. He'd get his razor. I think it was Pauly. Yeah, Pauly, yeah. He's getting his son. And what's uh, what's his name? What's what, uh, Christopher Montesanti? Yeah, Christopher. It's called a CD tone. Everyone's playing them these days. Killing it. So I think the Gardot or the Roback need to start pulling off this John Lord look if they're the same age. Grow that hair out a little more. They're gonna have to dye it gray though. (laughs) Their hair's not gray enough. (laughs) Yeah, Gardot points off that John Lord's wearing a long shirt too, but I think it was, you know, this was 1999, so that was just like the style was everyone wore these big baggy, baggy shirts and everything. <laughs> I think Gardot can do it. He's already got the mustache. That's right. Well, so does the Gardot. I mean, they'll roll back and the Gardot both. That's out. what I said. They're both ready. <laughs> Let's have a John Lord race. Or they could do, you know, Movember where you grow the mustache. Let's let's listen again. <laughs> It's all about, uh, it's, it, there's a little story to it. I once tried women from Tokyo to uh, Melbourne. <laughs> the long haul. Ended up covered in sand and fairly exhausted. And it was painful for the woman. <laughs> oh, Ian. What is he talking about? Really a woman. He's talking about ladies having sex on the beach. It wasn't necessarily Tokyo. Yeah, I think we should have a a Movember between 
Mark and Pete to see who can grow out the best John Lord mustache. All the proceeds go to, uh, was it prostate cancer awareness or something like that? I did it a few years in a row. Yeah? Yeah. Jen hated it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I think it's I more, why. instead of bringing awareness to prostate cancer, it's bringing awareness to wives about how much they hate their husbands. <laughs> Well, they had a furlough beard contest at work. That's good, too. Get some good faraway shots of the audience. That's a pretty big place. That's funny, like matched his uh, scream with the little pinch harmonic. Can't tell what's on the back of his shirt, though. It looks like a company shirt he's wearing, like, like, like a rotor rooter or something. Like they're just having such a a fun time in this stage. It is a fun stage. And even beyond that, I mean, even when we saw them with Morse last year, they just looked like they were having this much fun, you know? That was uh, executed wonderfully. Perfect. <laughs> Morris is giving some really sly looks at Gillen. Nice busting out the piano.
Ah, that sounded great. That's awesome. That's so weird. You take for granted now that at every show there's going to be a giant monitor on each side of the screen showing you close-ups and stuff. It's like every show you go to now, and even at this point in the late 90s, that wasn't a thing at all. Hmm. Yeah. We went to go see Rufus Wainwright a few weeks ago. And we were like sixth row, but I still found myself looking up at the screen more often than looking at him, even though he's so close. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's hard not to. I mean, it's screen gives you a great close-up view. <laughs> like they brought up the, the tambourine for like 20 seconds. Puts, puts it back in his Latin percussion bin. <laughs> his toy box. Exactly. Gillen's toolbox, as it were. The greatest scheme of things. This is all about, this is uh, kind of, in, uh, it, uh, it's, ah, it's about thinking. <laughs> Speed King! The sky. And it takes a little while to just calm yourself down to get ready for this, because it's a very placid kind of, one of those things. I swear somebody just yelled Speed King for real. Gardo said the police were using the big screens in 1983. I guess it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't the norm. Right. was now one of my favorite songs off the album it's really good this is like a formula and a style that you can see carried on all the way through whoosh you know this is very dynamically interesting really really heavy parts proggy elements entering in Glenn and Ingve will not have big screens at the Palladium, I don't think. Or how big is the Palladium? I don't know if I've ever been there. Um, I think it's the, yeah, it's like the smaller of the venues um, up there, like the, um, I want to say it's more like the, um, like the theater type of uh, setting. Oh, you see the diver. I didn't notice that. On the no. backdrop, you can see the diver actually up in the air. 
One of our Swedish listeners, Johan Roman, wrote in. Sent me some pictures that he took at uh, a few different shows. One of them being a rainbow show. He got a great picture of the of your favorite, the eyes from Straight Between the Eyes on that live set. Mm-hmm. Really nice pictures. So it looks like the Worcester Palladium seats are around uh, 3,000 people. So not uh, not too big. But that's going to be much bigger than the place we last saw him. Yes. That was, you know, a few hundred. What, where I saw him? Oh, I'm sorry, where, where we saw him with the dead daisies. Oh, yeah, that well, actually it's probably about... Yeah, I would say it's probably roughly about the same size as where I saw Hughes uh, before we started the show. Maybe it's smart doing Ingve and Glenn going together because you're getting a... Bigger places. Yeah. Why, where did you see the diver up there on the stage? If you look at the buildings going up, it's off to the right-hand side, you see a little, like... See, it looks almost like a boomerang in between the two lights. Okay. You looked away. the way this part grooves like live but it's great I really like the song as a whole as much you don't like it as much yeah I thought you said you liked it it was your favorite song on the album thank you very much thank you what? no you just said that <laughs> earlier no, I didn't no <laughs> this wasn't my favorite song on this album then you have to I thought you said did that. Did I say that? Did anybody chat, did hey, I say chat, that? Chat, did he say that? You know, in, uh, when we recorded this album, They're not paying attention. Uh, this is the title track, Fireball, and the, uh, there were very few things in the way of um, special effects in the studio in 1970. So we had, uh, we had to wait for three hours until the air conditioning came on. <laughs> we recorded it, and it went something like this. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> That's awesome. See the diver? See him up there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, it's very like you blink and you miss it. Yeah, see, Roback knows. All right, you're on my list, Roback. <laughs> I, said, I said I didn't like it that much. Man. But- I wish we were recording this conversation so we could put <laughs> we could get to the bottom of this. Well, we're not going to be able to get to the bottom of it until after the episode's done. This is why every husband and, and wife should back. have a podcast. <laughs> 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 I 
What gear is Mr. Glover playing? Well, I think he's using one of his Vigier bases, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Vigier. Yeah, he is, and I don't know what he's using for amplification. This must have been early in his Vigier. Oh, wow, uh, Morse is using 5150 amps. You can see in the see it right behind Gillen? Mm-hmm. As we talked about in our Steve Morse episode way back when he was him and him and Eddie were both kind of music man guys in the uh, 80s anyway and played some shows together. Yeah, it's the PV5150. Women dancing right behind Roger. Do you see that? See? There's like a whole crew, like troop of dancers dancing behind him. I didn't notice that earlier. I didn't know. I don't notice it either. Now I'm going to look for it. You didn't see him? No. I don't know if they're going to put the camera. To, it was that angle they shot at him when he was doing his little solo where they, you could see them. <laughs> Peter's huh. asking if it's Candace. That'd be great if she was still going to the shows. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Richie. But there were like at least three or four of them. They looked like the kind of dancers you'd see on stage at like a like a Motley Crue show in the 80s, but they were in the <laughs> background. Like behind the amps, but when the lights are flashing, you can kind of see them behind Roger there. You see him? See him all dancing? I don't see anything. Yeah, it's it's pretty hard to make out. See there? Oh, wait. See him? I I I kind of saw some movement. Yeah. I see Gillen uh, giving those bongos a beating. Yeah, it's like they owe him money. <laughs> Do you see him? He's, he's hitting himself head. on the head. Yeah. <laughs> Who was it that used to do that? Was it Tommy Lee, or he like he hit, he hit the drum and then he'd go like this, like he'd be hitting his bass drum and hitting himself on the head? Yeah. Ah, nice. I feel like a lot of meathead bands would do that. Yeah. Nice. Oh, big audience. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> What's on PC's bass drum? It looks like it's autographed by a bunch of people. In the hotel room, there's a little message. And you know who it is, but you can't read the phone number. So that's it. So you have to go and uh, have a beer. And... <laughs> It's a solution to everything. The solution to everything is for every crisis, there are five minutes of forethought. This is called Sometimes I Feel Like Screaming. I love Gillen's cryptic stage banter. 
So this will be the last song on this half of the uh, show. A great way to close it out. Yeah. What could be better? Good song. They're doing it again, Glover and Morris are singing backups. It doesn't sound like sound like they have their microphones on at all. I don't know if they maybe like whatever they were getting out of the mic didn't sound quite right, so they just killed it in the mix, but there's nothing coming through in the video. I can't tell if Roback's joking or not by that comment, but it's quite possible that he was wearing that. It, he, he, he thought his Gillen shirt said in and out lube, <laughs> which is <laughs> quite possible. I mean, that would be great. It's definitely a shirt <laughs> Gillen would wear. like that big fan that's just blowing on John Lord. It says in and out something. Hmm. It's gotta be a Gillen. It's gotta be a Gillen joke. Nothing coming out of those microphones.
get a good shot of the diver there. And this show is available a few different ways. A couple different releases, audio, and then also DVD. Gillen's really getting expressive with his his vocals and the way he's like see those they must have just listened to the mix and said that just doesn't sound good so we're just turning it off been very expressive with his vocals and like his like his mannerisms in this concert he almost looks like one of those hip-hop guys (laughs) bass is really standing out right here That is funny, John Lord's head just like poked out the side of the screen. <laughs> Peekaboo. Wow. Lady's still back there dancing? I don't see him now. Hmm. All right. Did that audio cut off for you for a second? Yeah. Oh, it's weird. Maybe it's on the the rip that I made. So there you go. That's the first half of the show. Very good. And yes, they're they're banging on all cylinders, but we need to bang on all cylinders when we thank our patrons because we would be doing them a disservice if we did not. So um, it's time to thank our core level patrons and coming in at the $7.77 Keep It Warm Rat tier. We have Michael Vader. At the $6.99, the new nice price tier, we have Spike the Rock Cat and Sugar Tea. At the episode $6.66 tier, we have Steve Coldwell and Arthur Smith. Getting support from the patron, Arthur Smith. Anton Glaving and Charles Meadows. At the $6.65 Almost Evil tier, we have Kenny Wymore and Michael Bagford. At the $5.99, the nice price tier, Robert Smith, Peter from Illinois, and Carl Helberg. And at the 60 Kroner Scandinavian Knights tier, we have Newt Martin Johansson. Is it great life? Is it all we can? 
at the $5.55 What's Going On Here tier. We have Richard Fusey. And at the $5 Money Lender tier, we have John Convery, German Heidel, Adrian Hernandez, Jesper Alman, Alexi the Perfect Stranger, Slepikoff, Kev Roberts, Perf- Percival Frequency, Scott Zern, Cynthia Doobie, Raf Kaff, and Coyote Bongwater. Thank you so much for all of your support for the Deep Purple Podcast. Well, there you have it. We did the first... 10 tracks on this 17 track set list uh, so you know some extended jams are going to be coming um, but yeah what are you thinking so far of the show John so far so great so far so great oh I like that yeah yeah I like um, yeah Gardo said a um, little bit earlier in the chat it's a really great capture of the band very well done all around so can't really say it any better than that Nope. Like, yeah, like the, now is this a, um, was this a, did you say this was an official release or was it just yes. a really good video? Yep. It is official, an official release. Mm, well, they picked a good, a good show. I would, I would say so. Very, very good show. Yeah. Good to see them um, again, always kind of seeming to be having a really good time. Lots of smiles. Morse is just always seems to be just jamming out and smiling and having a great time. It's always great to see yeah. his energy. Um, Scott says he saw them on the Denver and the Denver show. He remembers it fondly. I can imagine. Um, great performances all around. Lots of fun. Mystery dancers in the background. If you know who those mystery dancers are, let us know. <laughs> if you were one of those mystery dancers, let us know. Maybe they were just some local Australian ladies who had backstage passes and got to got to dance along. Who knows? It's anybody's they were guess. Throwing another shrimp on the Barbie. They were. Ew. They were throwing a shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh no. Um. Yeah. So there you have it. Um. At the. Uh, uh, I guess we could we could go to the if unless there's anything left to be said we could move on to our next batch of patrons and and wrap this puppy up. Yeah, wrap it up. Actually, before I go, it's interesting to note I got this in the mail the other day, and uh, I opened it up, and what was inside? It was this white snake unzipped, which is the you know kind of remastered. Um, Acoustic Adventures, Unplugged in the Studio, and then the the remix of Starkers in Tokyo. Um, so I was really excited. Well, I, I wasn't. I was more confused because I said, I, I already have this. Why did this come in the mail? Did somebody send it to me? Like, what's the deal? And I couldn't figure out why I was getting it. So I um, I looked in my in my past orders on. Uh, Discogs and I couldn't find it. And then I looked on Amazon and apparently I did purchase this uh, last September Mm. and it just came in now. (laughs) So I don't know what happened. (laughs) I don't know. And I checked the tracking number in the mail. The tracking number was just like, oh yeah, it was dispatched like three days ago and we just got it. So it's, I guess I don't pay too close attention to what I'm ordering because the reason I thought I already had is because I ordered it a year ago. So there you go. Hmm. Interesting. That's the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wonder, uh, Gardo and Roback are wondering if it was just Columbia House sending it late. They had to track me down from address to address to find me here. 
But yeah, so we'll be doing that one day. Um, so yeah, to close it out, we want to thank our foundation level patrons coming in at the $3.50 Deep Purple New York tier. We have Lord Longford at the three pound aromatic feed tier. We have Simon Ford at the $3.33 halfway to evil tier. Stephen Sharp and Duncan Leask at the $3 nobody's perfect tier. We have Peter Gardeau. Ian DeRosier, Mark Roback. We have Stuart McCord, then. Ivan Fjeldbu. Runar Siemensen. JJ Stenard, Ruinous Inadequacies, John Maselli. I'm not talking about bicycles, I'm talking about bisexuals. Michael Boyette and Corey <laughs> Morissette. And at the $1.71 I Want My Own Tier tier, we have... Rich, Young, at the 10 kroner tier, Karsten Lau. At the $1 made up name tier, we have the Watching the Die Leaky Mausoleum, Stephen Somerville, the Concerto 1999 Fanatic, Hank the Tank, Private Eyes, Ashen Lionel, <laughs> Blackmore Tights, Steve Down to Earth Zoller, Zwopper the Electric Alchemist, and we also have. Anders Engstrom. New patron. And Ashley Still I Hear Burn. Rose. New patron. <laughs> I forgot the last part. <laughs> did, did that on the fly. Um, so thank you so much to all of you for your generous support. We appreciate it. We love you guys. Thanks for listening to our dumb little show. Couldn't do it without you. Oh, all right, John. Anything? Anything else to say about... Patrons, Columbia House, Deep Purple Down Under, Shrimps, Deep, Barbies. Deep Purple New York. <laughs> and of course... Deep Purple New York! Deep Purple Aussie! We got some Aussies. Deep Purple Aussie! <laughs> no, no, I got... I got nothing left. John's, yeah, John's going on like 20 straight hours of being awake. So he's like, the thing I'm thinking about the most is my, <laughs> it's my pillow right now. I went yeah. to bed at 930 last night. Ah, oh, you old fart. Slept straight till straight through to 630 and I'm still tired. I don't know what's going on. Just <sighs> that sounds magical. I think my suspicion is that I had COVID. Because I was like last all last week, I was just I'm just feeling really sick. Gave myself a bunch of COVID tests. My son was sick all week. Like it was just terrible. But we never tested positive, so I think maybe just I was my immune system was fighting it off. Yeah, I thought I had COVID for a while, and it turns out I was just bored. <laughs> just bored. <laughs> Is that from something? I think so. Yeah, what is that from? Mm. Oh, I feel like it's from Wayne's World or 
Oh, uh, was I, it, yeah, was it was like mono, I thought I had right? mono. It turns out I was just bored. Was that? Is that? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was Steve Roback knows. Yeah, Roback's got it. Yeah, I, had, I think I, I thought I had mono one summer or something. It turns out I was just bored. <laughs> <laughs> was that Wayne's World? It was either me. I think it was Wayne's World. Um, it was either like one of the skits on SNL or it was from the movie. I can't remember. I think it was from the movie. Could have been. We'll from the figure movie. it out, folks. Yeah, I think my I think my kids are ready to see Wayne's World the movie. I think they would like it. Oh yeah, it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of like you know you know sphincter says what <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of that going on after that movie. Oh boy. Well, hey, you know that's parenting done right. Yeah, I did I did teach my kids what a sphincter was. <laughs> Because <laughs> I think I, I used I used it in some content. Like, What's a sphincter? So I told them, and they're like, <laughs> they thought it was hilarious. Um, because it is. Yes. All right. Well, on that note. All right, folks. <laughs> on that note, uh, folks, we're gonna have to. A sphincter says goodnight. <laughs> sphincter. What? <laughs> so yeah, we'll have to we'll have to get out of here with, on that note. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you next week for part two, where they're going to be doing some other songs. I, I, I like I like how I'm like teasing it as if no one could just quickly Google and see what songs they're going to be. But I'm just eh. I'm relying on the laziness of our patrons I'm, uh, to, to just be like, <laughs> eh, we could look it up, but we're just going to wait eh. till next week. Or your co-host. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah or, or my co-host. Speed King? <laughs> Look at <laughs> Speed King. That's right. Maybe, maybe next uh, week we'll hear. <laughs> Thank you to the rollback oh. for sending that to me. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I want to hear it again. I was. You want to hear it again? Okay. <laughs> One more time. Man, that dude really wanted to hear a speed kick. I forgot we were talking about it on the Discord or something. And I was like, oh, could somebody give me like a timestamp of what that's where it's from? But they, you know, they use it on their show. So he's like, ah, I've got it. I'll just send it to you. So <sighs> like, even though it came from our show, went to their show and now he's sending me his own clips. So, <laughs> so speaking mm. of lazy, that's that's laziness for you because I didn't even have to look it up. Yep. Absolutely great. I forgot what what. Which live show was that? Was it was it the Julian Turner live one or something? No, was it? No, it might have been the the Joe Satriani one. Was it? Yeah, did Scardo saying Dixie Dregs? <laughs> the guy <laughs> sitting next to you and Rich. Dixie oh. Dregs. <laughs> I get it. You know who's in the Dixie Dregs. Let's move <laughs> along. It's just people screaming obvious things. Like screaming other bands you've been in. Like what? What do you? What do you? Do you think Deep Purple's gonna bust out a Dixie Dregs song? Or are you just trying to show off that you know he was in Dixie Dregs? Because either way, it's pretty annoying. I mean, that would be something if it was just like. Episode six. All right, <laughs> calm down. Yeah, exactly. Although at this point, that would be pretty, pretty wild if somebody did that. <laughs> Episode six. Do the <laughs> Mighty Morris Ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do Highway. They do start playing Highway Star. Oh man, <laughs> it's not what I had in oh. mind. Really thought they were gonna bust that out. No, that was that was you. You'd be like butterfly ball. <laughs> yeah, 
play behind the smile. <laughs> wow, that's that's some nerdy ass deep purple humor. Yep, even deep purple people would shun me for that kind of behavior. Mm. All right, folks. All we right. Will see you next, next week. Thank week. you for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. What's a salt lamp? You know, Is it's it like that a thing that looks like an orange, like an orange rock. And yeah, they put a light in it. It's supposed oh. to like put like healing vibes into the into your aura or something. Oh, I could use some of that. You know, I thought I had mono once for an entire year. Turned out I was just really bored. Say, let's take a relaxed attitude toward work and watch the baseball match. The Nye Mets are my favorite squadron.